Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Spooky SLV Podcast, and I am your host, Brad Hicks. Let's get started. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we will be doing again tonight three more stories from Sierra Grand Schools. Uh, the students up there, they were kind enough to, you know, make sure my podcast stays on the air. <laughs> I I kind of like those kids. They're good kids. Um, we will have uh, three stories again from their students, as I said. And uh, uh, they're not all the longest ones this time, but that's okay. Uh, it'll just be kind of a shorter episode. So let's get rolling on it. Okay, first story we got tonight is from Jada Copeland, based on a true story, and the title is Getting Chased. I have this friend, and he has an uncle named Andy, who experienced a demented paranormal encounter. Andy was in the town of Center, by the ditch, where my friend's grandparents live. He started to get an eerie feeling about some things that have been going on lately. Late one night, he decided to go for a walk on this scary dark road that no one goes on frequently. He started hearing clatter, and things that usually didn't make noise were making noise. In the back of his mind, he thought it was just stray cats and dogs getting into things and trotting along in the alleys like they normally would. Then suddenly, everything went silent. Trembling and stuttering, Andy froze and didn't know what to do. He just stood there until he heard just a single sound that he could hopefully hear over the sound of his own heartbeat almost bulldozing through his chest. He kept walking for a few more minutes before he started to hear chatter again and decided to turn around and start heading home. Before he could even start walking, he froze in the middle of the road for the second time, but that second time felt strange and very off. When Andy tried to listen for a comforting sound, he ended up hearing a girl's voice, but there was no other living creature around except for him. Andy ignored the sound of the girl's voice and started off home. As he was about two blocks away from my friend's grandparents' house, he started to get the chills and that weird feeling again. He started picking up speed, trying to pace himself just to get home safely and quickly, and that's when things took a turn. Andy, terrified for his life, turned around and saw a tall figure chasing him at a very fast pace, not slowing down at all. He ran as fast as he could to my friend's grandparents' house until he was safe inside and locked all the doors. Andy said, this figure wasn't even running at me, it was floating. No feet, no footsteps, nothing. He still describes that thing chasing him as tall, not human-like one bit, and it wore a white-colored gown. Little did he know he was getting chased by La Llorona. Another La I like Yala, the La Llorona stories. Good Lord, I can't even talk. They're always good. They are, they're just, just that, just enough creep to make you go. <laughs> Thanks again for the submission. Okay, we have the second story for you tonight. It is by Marissa Clark and is entitled The Mutilation. Chalma, Colorado, summer 1983. I was told this story by my grandpa, Patricio. This summer, my grandpa went to the auction in Monta Vista, Colorado to get more cows for his farm. He purchased five females ca female cows. On his way home, he pulled to the side of the road and became tired from driving. 
My grandpa said throughout all his years he never felt this exhausted before. As he took his nap on the side of the road, his truck began moving. He became frightened. When he saw a bright light through his window, it woke him up. When he looked out the back window, the light glared ever so bright in his eyes. Grandpa got out of his truck and looked around. The light went away. When the, when the light went away, then the light raced across the sky before he could see anything. The next thing he did was check on the cows in his trailer. A cow was dead. In fact, it was cut up as if somebody dissected it, but there was no blood, like the cow's blood was drained. My grandpa inspected it more. There was a circle perfectly made on the cow, like it was branded. My grandpa got into his truck so quickly to call his kids. Joe, you would not believe what I just saw, Grandpa explained. What, Dad? Grandpa told him everything that just happened, and Uncle Joe just couldn't believe it. Soon enough, Grandpa got back home and let the four cows out into the land. The next night, it happened all over again. As Grandpa was sitting on his couch watching movies, he saw a bright light, thinking that someone was driving up. He got up to look out the window. He couldn't believe his eyes. He couldn't make out a shape. It was bright light hovering over the ground. Within seconds, the UFO took off and flew away so quickly. All night, it was all my Grandpa could think about. Five in the morning the next day, my Grandpa went out prepared to have lost more cows. He went out there. The four cows he purchased at the auction were dead. The livers, udders, and hearts were all taken away from the cows with no sign of blood, and the perfectly shaped circle imprinted on every cow. My grandpa rode his four-wheeler around the farm to see if he saw any sign of all of this. There was nothing. No prints, no nothing. Just the cows he got were dead. My grandpa rode his four-wheeler around the farm. He saw his horse, Quacko, whom he had since it was a foal. Quacko was dead, just like the cows, cut open with his heart, liver, and blood missing. Later throughout the years, some people came to interview Grandpa about his experience, and a book was made in dedication of what happened to him and his farm. Thank you, Marissa. I appreciate that submission. And, you know, there have been, well, the Valley, I guess you could say, started the history of UFO mutilations with Snippy the Horse, um, which, by the way, is going to be on display at the UFO Watchtower, I do believe. <laughs> anyway, thanks again. Okay, the final story tonight is by Damien Farron. It is entitled, The Invisible Beast. One weekend, my cousin and I went on a hunting trip. We were hunting for mule deer, and we woke up at 4.30 that morning to go to a watering hole, hoping we would find the deer drinking water there before they went to bed. That morning, my cousin and I, excited as all heck, were trying to get there as fast as we could. We started up the ridge. The watering hole was on the other side of the ridge. As we were walking through the thick timber, we came up on a dead elk body. It was a nice six-by-six six bull, and we originally thought that a mountain lion had killed it. As we thought more, we realized it wasn't covered up like mountain lions usually cover up the animals they kill. We looked around to see if we could find tracks, but there were no tracks of anything going in there. So we left to go to the watering hole and thought nothing of it. We hunted all that day, but didn't find a single deer. We were walking back around 5.30 and it was starting to get dark. We worked our way back to, back to camp and when we got there, the camp was completely torn apart. We thought a bear tore it apart, so we started picking everything up and setting the tents back up. We made some supper, went to the tents to go to sleep. We slept soundly until 
really early that next morning when we heard thrashing behind the truck. The two of us sprung to our feet and ran outside with the rifles. To our surprise, there wasn't anything there, but everything that was behind the truck was thrown out. There were two full rolls of barbed wire that weighed 80 to 85 pounds, and they were both about 20 yards from the truck. But there were no tracks in the blanket of snow leading to the back of the truck. Needless to say, we packed everything as fast as we could and take, took off. Well, I guess that's why we didn't see any deer, I said to my cousin as we drove home. Yeah, that might do it there, Damien. <laughs> that would be a little bit unnerving, too. Would have been nice to see what was actually there throwing stuff around. It could have been, I'd say it could have been a bear, but I wouldn't think so. I don't know. That was a good one. Thanks for the submission, bud. Okay, folks, that's it for me tonight. I just want to say before we leave that I thank you again for listening. I'm not going to bug you this week about support. Um, I'll get you next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Y'all have a good night. Good night.